I'm Dr. Morcise J. Beasley, Superintendent of Clayton County Public Schools. You're listening to Be Inspired with Beasley, a podcast aimed to inspire and lift our community with actions that add value to the lives of our students here in Clayton County. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Be Inspired with Beasley. I'm Dr. Beasley, Superintendent of Schools of Clayton County Public Schools. This is just another opportunity that we have to keep our community inspired and informed. Informed. Well, today we have a very important and interesting topic for this podcast. We're talking about everything vaccination, if you will, everything uh, related to what we ought to be doing here in Clayton County to get this virus under control. Uh, I have two very special guests, one an employee within the school system, of course, that many of you, if you're not familiar with, you should be familiar with, Dr. Angela Collier, Horison Collier. Uh, she serves as our Director of Student Support Services, and she'll be uh, introducing herself and sharing her exact role momentarily. And we have our illustrious uh, Clayton County Fire and Emergency Department represented with Dr. Reddy, who is the Chief Medical Officer for Clayton County uh, Fire, I'll say Clayton County Emergency Services. I want to get that right. So we're so excited to have both of you here. What I'd like you to do is before we get into the topic, and I know we've got a lot of things to share today, I want both of you, Dr. Collier, you first share who you are, what you do in the district, and then I want you to pitch it over to Dr. Reddy so she can share who she is and what she does for our county at large. Yes, thank you, Dr. Beasley, for having me uh, on with you today. So we're excited to be with you. I'm Angela Harrison Collier, and I serve as the Director of Student Services. So what, that, what does that really mean is that I serve as support or uh, for our areas, including health services in our district, which is so relevant to what we're going to talk about today, but I also serve as the support person for our homeless education program, our school social workers, and our hospital homebound program, which have all been truly impacted by what's going on in our world today around COVID-19. So I'm excited to be here today. Clearly very important role in our school system. Dr. Reddy, please share with everyone your role here in Clayton County. Thank you. First of all, thank you as well for giving me this opportunity to, to sit here on this panel with you and talk about this today. Um, I am the Chief Medical Officer for Clayton County Fire and EMS. In that role, um, it has been a roller coaster. Um, we have always um, obviously provided pre-hospital care to the county, and, and our um, fire chief, Chief Murkison, has always thought outside the box in terms of how we can interface and provide care for our community. During this pandemic, this has also involved me as well as our fire department being highly engaged with um, our, our community at large. We have served as a surveillance, um, contact tracing, as well as testing and, and vaccination source for the majority of the Clayton County um, government, as well as our amazing partnership with you in Clayton County Public Schools to provide vaccinations um, in, in to, to the staff as well as the students, which is fantastic work. Um, my role has been both clinical, where I oversee the clinical 
um, duties of the day-to-day -day for the paramedics, EMTs, and our nurse practitioners, as well as administrative, which is over uh, representing our county and our department in larger regional as well as state organizations that are making policies throughout the, the, the um, state. Thank you, Dr. Reddy. Well, we're glad to have you here. Thank you for, we know it's very busy right now, but thank you for taking out time out of your schedule to be here as we try to inform our community. So Dr. Collier, what I'd like to do is first, let's, let's, let's share with our community. Uh, we have been in school now five weeks as of this week. We've had to close uh, several schools and, uh, or, or pivot them, if you will, to virtual learning. Can you share with our community the process that we use to make that decision? Yes, happy to, Dr. Beasley. And I'm so uh, glad you used the word pivot versus closed because the learning doesn't stop. When our children uh, pivot to back to their homes for virtual learning, the learning doesn't stop there. But those decisions are made in a collaborative effort. It's not in isolation at all. We're looking at the school data when we talk about case data and how many cases are, are in the school, and that is positive cases, which is important for us to look at. And we collaborate with our epidemiologists for our health district. That per, uh, She sits on the panel with the school leadership to help us look at our data, to look at the spread in the building, where we may have hotspots, where there are clusters of cases, but also the impact that it's having on the total operations of the school as a whole, because we want everyone to be healthy and it's, we can't function if we have a, a certain number of staff that are also being impacted by the virus as well. So that what I want stakeholders to know that this is not a decision that is made in isolation, but is a collaborative effort that involves a number of employees in the district as well as our partners outside of the district as well when we make those decisions around pivoting to uh, kind of maybe allow the virus to settle down and to uh, eliminate the possibility of that virus spreading in that building more is that we might decide to pivot to a virtual for about 14 days. Okay. Uh, and then we will come back into the environment. It's important that our stakeholders know during that time the buildings are sanitized and clean so that the staff and students come back to a sanitized environment. We even do that if it's a classroom pivot, because sometimes it's not always the entire school. So we make decisions. It could be a classroom. It could be a group of students that might need to quarantine for a period. So it's not always the entire school. And that's, those are the factors that we look at. It's where is the virus possibly spreading? Is it just in this classroom amongst this group of students? Or is it a, a, with a, a, an athletic team or cheerleaders or thing? And then we might quarantine or isolate those children out and then the school continues. So though, that's how we make decisions. So sometimes I, I get requests, well, give us a number. And I tell them, mm. I can't give you a number. It doesn't work. The science doesn't work that way. You know, if we have 50 kids or, and then I'll get the question, well, you, you had 50 over here and you only had 20 over here, but you closed this one, but you mm -hmm. didn't close this one. Can you share with them why sometimes it appears that uh, some schools are closed and some schools are, are, are may not close based upon the numbers? Absolutely, Dr. Beasley. And that's a, um, a key question that we get asked too as well. 
we look at the spread within that particular school and also the community as a whole. Okay. And I know that there were questions sometimes about that, the South Clayton Lovejoy community. So what we have is families. What we've seen over the past several weeks when we look at our data is that the, the virus is spreading in family units. And so oftentimes those families are at multiple schools. Okay. And so as in the South Clayton area, you might have some uh, siblings that loved your high, at Michelle Obama, at Eddie White. And so we look at the connectedness that might be going on too as well in our decision making to decide if it's one school, one grade level, or the community that makes up that particular school. And so we have been impacted here recently by the spread of the virus in family units. So when we have that going on, we look at that overall as a part of our decision making. So no, it is not based upon numbers at all. Thank it, you. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Well, Dr. Reddy, uh, you heard uh, Dr. Collier share that we had to close a cluster, if mm -hmm. you will, in the Lovejoy area. Yep. How important is, is that decision to what you're observing and what you're doing and uh, your role, what the emergency services is doing relative to this virus in particular this current surge that we're all living through it is very important um, what this managing this virus managing this virus in a community that's high risk requires that kind of consistency and practice that consistency in how we manage cohorts and we it's not this linear sort of well I'm at this school and therefore this or I live on this street and and that's how we manage it. Um, in terms of, of how you start then broadening it out to community spread, how you start broadening it out to how that impacts the community and its resources, um, uh, it, it, it's a very big deal because how, when, when a child is sick it, and, and it, you recognize that it's a family unit, then you have to start thinking about where those branches start. So given our numbers right now, it, this is no longer a virus of our older generation. It's no longer 60 and above. This is now a virus where the top two in the last seven days have been your 30 to 49-year-old bracket and your 0 to 17. You're talking about 2,800 um, in the last seven days, positive rate in the 30. But the 0 to 17 is right there behind them at 2,100, and 60% of that is between 10 and 17 years old. That's a big deal when you think about how do you stop that from continuing to spread within a community? Who are they coming into contact with and taking into consideration these family pods and doing it so strategically is a very, very thoughtful and very appropriate way to contain it and trying not to spread it not only from school to school, but within the school, but to community to community. And, and how quickly the Delta variant spreads, these are the type of decisions that have to be made. And what you find when you start asking questions is you get those answers. Who else is in another school? How do you set down? And having it become a cluster makes, makes sense when you start connecting those dots and how that community gets impacted. And obviously that affects us as how many people are sick. We have responded to many, many calls where the entire household is positive, and that is not unusual. Um, and some are sicker than others, and that's the consideration, is it may have been the, and, and we are very fortunate that it continues to have a, the Delta variant continues to have a, 
presentation where you are not seeing as as um, significantly sick or acutely sick in that 10 to 17-year-old age range, although that is starting to, to change. We need to be very careful. But yet you have a mother who's in now in that 30 to 59-year-old, or I'm sorry, excuse me, 30 to 49-year-old bracket, and they are very sick, and they do require transport, and they do require hospitalization. Um, a father, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, and so that's how it's all connected, is that that child may be positive and not particularly sick, but the whole household is ill, and, and depending on who it is in that household is determining how, how ill they are, and it, it's not a we're all okay now that we're under 55-year-old um, virus anymore. It's significantly impacting that 30 to 49 age, and they're getting very sick. So in light of, you know, sometimes they don't show on the on the television how the hospitals are filled. You know, I guess there are certain images they don't want to show the public. But you see this in your role. Yeah. Is it real? What, what What's happening relative to our hospitals here in Clayton County in this area? So I'm going to make it extremely real, and, and I apologize if this is disturbing or distressing to hear. Um, but and it is unfortunate that we are not getting the kind of coverage that reflects the reality. Um, it is extremely dire, and it is extremely dangerous for all of us right now. The capacity that is being reached, um, most ICUs are over 90% capacity. Um, that is a, and this is not just your regular med surge. These are your sickest of your sick. Um, they are, we are on total diversion all over our metro Atlanta area. There is no room. There is no hallway beds. We have, um, I am on, on my radio daily, as is my um, deputy chief, um, Chief Bakkins, trying to mitigate, trying to find a place for our EMS to even find room to to take a patient. It is a very, very real um, and very, very dire and dangerous situation where our healthcare system is being pushed more more towards the brink than ever. And and we're not even discussing the cost to the healthcare providers that this is not the first time. This is the third time. And the psychological and also care cost, um, the cost to our community when you have delay in, and again, this is please, please call us if you need us. We are always there and that is what we do. But know that doing preventative stuff, mask wearing, staying within your cohort, not traveling during this weekend, um, getting vaccinated, these are things that you can do not only to protect yourself but your community so that we don't have surges like this where if you do have a heart attack right now, you know that there's a bed in an ER waiting for you because we're not taking it over with COVID patients that could have been preventable. And it, it's, it's, it's very heartbreaking it's it's hard to see um, our frontline paramedics um, struggling, trying to do and present the kind of care that they're used to giving, and it's it's being stretched. It's it's heartbreaking to talk to nurses and to my fellow colleague physicians who are are facing just sometimes just situations where there's only one of me is what I hear is there's only one of me and I can't be in so many places at the same time for something that we can all do something about. Now I've heard uh, that this surge is 
probably one of the more preventable ones. Very much so. Uh, can you explain when you hear that this could have been prevented? How could it have been prevented? And what's what's basically causing the surge? So the prevention started, there's multiple facets to answering that. I think within our community here at Clayton County, there has been such a um, collaborative, aggressive um, educational component, both between the Department of Public Health and the Board of Health, between us as, as fire and EMS, the hospital, the school system, I think our messaging has been unified and, and extremely directed from the beginning. There has never been any variation, and I think that as a community, we that is something to be very proud of. Yes. And and it's receiving that message and recognizing that this these many groups that have always been there to support you, your children, um, your loved ones, are all saying the same messaging and to trust that messaging, yes. to trust local, to trust us, because we have never done anything to, to not have that trust. Despite whatever else is going on and whatever else you're hearing, know that we are have always been unified from the beginning in protecting you and our community and our children. Um, I think getting vaccinations is the huge other part of it, is, is, is recognizing that we are supporting something that has, has a lot of thought behind it. You vetted it. Dr. Collier has vetted it. These are all individuals. I know that I have been involved in so much of the different stages of the research, not necessarily for this vaccine, but throughout my career and the lives that I've had before. I understand the technology extremely well. I was part of doing some of that preliminary research. I'm not going to name the number of decades, but <laughs> we're going to keep that out of this. But it's been many. It's been multiple. I know when PCR started. I know when mRNA vaccines started. I know what the bench work looks like. There is within our community such a pool of expertise and knowledge and just commitment to this community and advocacy. It just... I would like for everyone to trust that and to realize that our messaging has been consistent, has not wavered, and, and it has all been in the, in, in the voice of not seeing what we're seeing happen and, and to meet us at, at that halfway point and to, 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 to journey moving forward in a way that truly supports us in the long term. I think what you shared is very important that you that you've you've studied you've been a part of the research relative to the vaccine. While I'm not a scientist, I'm a mathematician by training. I studied it and I understood exactly you know, the numbers. Yeah, I understood exactly how the 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 uh, the re, what the research was saying about yep. the vaccination, the vaccine. Yep. And Dr. Collier clearly she's you know works with our nurses. And, and, and I know she's been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. You've been vaccinated. Our nurses have been yes. vaccinated. And I know our nurses wouldn't dare take a needle and vaccinate anyone with anything yep. that they thought was That's not right. going to be of good for that individual. Right. So, Dr. Collier, uh, what do you suggest for families and others who are hesitant when it comes to the opportunities and maybe you can share the opportunities that are available in our school system for testing if, if necessary and for the vaccination. Yes, I think that as Dr. Reddy indicated, we have to trust each other. And to what I saw this past weekend at one of our drives, 
is family members coming to get a vaccine and going back and getting other family members uh, and bringing them. Yeah. It was beautiful. And the opportunity that I had to talk to a young lady that was hesitant, uh, an officer brought her in to me. I talked to her. She was nervous. And I said, well, let me let you talk with one of our nurses. Talked to the nurse. She got her vaccine, went back and got her child and bought her child. That's We have to believe that we have each other's best interests at heart yeah. and that we're not going to do anything to harm you, that um, this is a good thing and that we need to embrace it to protect ourselves, to protect our children most of all, and this community, which is a thriving community, and we have to believe in our community. And so that's why we have partnered with Dr. Reddy and her team with our health, health district to uh, sponsor under your leadership, Dr. Beasley, these mass vaccine drives. And we thank you for yes. the opportunity to take it to the people, which is so important. And we saw that, that the, the, the people were ready for it these past two weekends. They showed up. It may have not been a thousand people, but those people that were there were excited and lined up to get the vaccine and they didn't come for an incentive. They came to yep. get the vaccine to make their community better. And so we're continuing that effort on tomorrow, the third, encouraging our employees, the community, students to come out on this day designated to get a vaccine in our community. We're calling the shots. And then I think what's most exciting, Dr. Beasy, is the opportunity to get in our school and have these school-based vaccine clinics where parents can, the children can come to school and you have a care team there to give them their vaccine, to monitor and support them uh, during the process, and then they go on back home. And so we're excited about these opportunities. We, we believe that it's going to make a difference um, in, in terms of the vaccine rate in Clayton County. Uh, we've had uh, one of our football teams to engage with the Morehouse School of Medicine and have conversation with them around possible hesitancy and see that football team increase their vaccine rate too as well. So we're excited about these opportunities. We think it's good for the community and we just hope the community continues to embrace it. So you mentioned uh, an event on, on tomorrow, September 3rd, open to anyone. Anyone. Open to anyone. Anyone. We have uh, people who have pre-registered and we have close to 200 who have pre-registered, uh, but we welcome walk-ins, we welcome the community. You don't have to be an employee of Clayton County. Uh, you can be just in the community and you want a vaccine, come to Lovejoy Middle School tomorrow between 10 and two, and you can get you a, a vaccine. The Pfizer vaccine will be offered. That's the first dose. The second dose will be on the 24th of September. Okay, so what if I miss tomorrow are there other opportunities if I want to be vaccinated? You know, Dr. Beasley, we're not going to turn anyone away. If a parent comes to a school, if we're at Bab Middle School on September the 9th, and they show up at Bab Middle School, we're not going to turn them away. Good we're God. going, if someone wants a vaccine, we're going to get it to them. We found the past two Saturdays that we had people coming at the close and we didn't turn them away. Wonderful. We gave them a vaccine. Will they and be able to go to any school? Any, the, any school we, we published on yesterday, the dates that we will be at the various schools. And so we encourage the community uh, to look at those dates and we welcome them. And I know Dr. Reddy and her team 
Uh, they're working in the community as well as our health district and, and offering vaccines too as well. Very good. So Dr. Reddy, what would you say to the, 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 the family? They're hesitant. Mm -hmm. They may be right now experiencing COVID and they may think that they don't need the vaccine. Excellent question. What do you say to a family in that situation? That is a um, excellent question. I would say that we have to look at the last year and a half. And I would say that we thought we were over it. The virus became very smart. It's, our, it's continuing to, to change and to mutate. And what the last year and a half has taught us is if we can stop COVID, if we can do it as a join, joining of hands at the same time in a very aggressive way, that is our best bet to stop that cycle of mutation. That's the best bet to stop the cycle of it inundating and infiltrating our community. So yes, if the whole household has gotten COVID, you do have to wait prior to immunization um, to get the vaccine. And yes, you do have antibodies to some degree, and that's the most important part, is not everyone who has had COVID has the same protection. It is not, just because you have had it and you are positive does not mean that you built enough of a um, antibody pool that's gonna protect you the next time, sometimes even from the same strain. Um, there's no way to know also where that line in the sand is for an individual. The only person that I can guarantee you has some form of antibodies are the ones that are, are hospitalized, and even that has a range. And are we willing to risk our lives to that level versus getting a vaccine that provides and has consistently shown benefit across all of the strains to prevent you from having to go, getting sick enough to go to the hospital and very, very effective in, in supporting the fact that you won't die from this. And that's a big deal. Like, you can't guarantee it otherwise. Don't know it. Um, you may have antibodies, and yes, they may protect you this round. They may not protect you next round, and we don't know how many you have. So th to secure and anchor yourself in, oh, well, I was COVID positive, the science does not support that as a protection because there's so much gray in between. Um, 400 million vaccines have been given out the world over. We have never done this as, a, as, a, as human beings in the history that we've recorded. In terms of hesitancy, in terms of the unknown, it is no longer an unknown. That is 400 million people are walking around this globe having been immunized. That's a lot of data. That's a lot of support. And if you, in, and knowing, if you look at the numbers of those who have been vaccinated versus those who have not, they just do better, both short-term and long-term. They don't get long COVID. They, you don't have to worry about heart complications or neurological complications or even that brain fog they talk about. You're just not seeing it. So there's other benefits to the vaccine that is not, um, that prevents you and your quality of life that, that getting the disease is not going to, to give you. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I do think it's important for people to hear that 
there is, uh, of course, um, you, you can get the virus uh, even with the vaccine, but there's less, you're, you're less likely to have a very serious case of, of, of COVID, if you will. Extremely less likely. Okay. Yeah. That's important. And I know that right now we're, we're, having, we're hearing conversations about the booster. Yes. Any thoughts about that? Uh, what? Sure. Um, so both Pfizer and Moderna have um, applied for a booster, and the FDA is actually meeting September 17th to look at whether or not the booster is going to be approved. So we will know probably the end of the day, September 17th. Um, whether it, it's going to be approved. The data that has come out to even support that is, is quite um, suggestive of its benefit. Um, it is, and, and that's in terms of contracting COVID, helping you not get sick from it. Again, having had the first, um, and this is only applicable to the mRNA vaccine in terms of that September 17th date, they are looking at it in terms of, for the Johnson & Johnson as well. That date has not been released yet. So Dr. Collier, will the district, if, if the booster is approved, will the district also offer the booster with, the, uh, with our current collaborations? Absolutely. You see Dr. Reddy nodding her head. We've yes. had conversations around that. And certainly we want to protect our community and we are going to do our part uh, to make sure that we're available to employees and the community to provide that booster should it become available. And uh, working with Dr. Reddy here this past week, we're even for those people that are immune compromised. Uh, if someone shows up tomorrow that needs the vaccine, the third dose, for the immune compromise, then we have the necessary tools to be able to do that, that they have those conditions that would require that third dose. So we are constantly in collaboration with Dr. Reddy and her team to make sure that we remain up to date and ready to do our part as a community here. So Dr. Collier, you mentioned tomorrow, September 3rd, is a, uh, a day off and, and our board um, has supported us in uh, basically doing this vaccination holiday, if you will, mm -hmm. where we're encouraging our employees, parents, students and all to go ahead and, and get vaccinated, whether they use our site or some other location. Yeah. Uh, can you share uh, the, the, um, the rationale for supporting this day on this Friday in alignment with what the governor of our state has, is encouraging of state employees. I, I think for us here in Clayton County, it's, more, it's beyond just an incentive. It is uh, creating a safe environment uh, and a safe community, uh, protecting our children. And I think that's what we step up to is that. Not about an incentive, not about a, an early Labor Day holiday, but that we step up to the plate to protect our children. And I think that that's what's important. And that's the message uh, that's being sent is that we are in this and we're going to do our part to protect our children so that our children can attend school because we have an age bracket of children that can't get a vaccine. So for those of us that are adults that can't, we're going to do our part to protect those children that can't get the vaccine. So you mentioned it's not a holiday, Dr. Reddy. Mm -hmm. Any any advice for families for this holiday weekend? Yes, um, just to, I, I do have some advice, but also remember we are able to offer the Pfizer vaccine 
It has been FDA approved for 16 and older, but we are offering it under the the emergency use authorization for 12 and up. So please remember, we can do an entire family tomorrow, and we will be happy to do it. So, um, and, and, and to support that in the community is wonderful. That goes into my recommendations and what is recommended by um, the CDC as well for this Labor Day weekend is we are still very much in that Delta surge. I talked to you earlier about how dire the um, situations are in the hospitals and in the ERs in our area. Please, please, please um, minimize your travel. Please um, stay local. Please minimize your gatherings. Um, And if you are gathering, please wear a mask. Um, Encourage everyone to wear a mask um, that is in that gathering. It is a very difficult time. It's uh, sort of that, are we here again, kind of a feeling. Um, But we have to pull together because we are still very much in the middle of that surge. Um, We do not want to create more transmission this weekend that is then going to affect school closings, that is going to affect hospitalization availabilities and who gets sick. It is, it's, um, the ask is to make that decision to know that you are supporting the health and wellness of your entire community with that choice. Dr. Reddy, um, those of us who look at the the data on a daily basis, we see that the the curve is, is somewhat steep going up. It's very steep. How long do we expect to be in this in this in this surge? I look at this this curve and I compare it to the previous. Yeah. And it looks like this curve is a bit more steep than the previous one. It is. Is that correct? Is, is that analysis correct? It is. It is steeper. However, we've already reached the numbers that we were in January. Oh, wow. So we're already that curve matches January of this year. So remember how bad it was then. It is steep steeper because that is how. That's what it looks like when you realize that the Delta variant is much, much more infectious. You can get it easier. It produces higher numbers. It's transmitting faster. And so it's just like it's going to get steeper because more people are getting infected faster. Um, The hope is that it follows prior countries who have gone through this Delta, um, India, as well as um, other locations internationally. The hope is that our curve is reaching um, the top part here right now. And we are expecting to see a plateau and a decrease in numbers. And hopefully that decrease in numbers is as steep as going up, going down as it was going up. Um, This virus has chosen to write its own book though. We need to be very careful. Um, And that's gonna be very dependent on what we do and how we choose to, the decisions we make over the next week to two weeks. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think, again, we should all be wearing masks. We should, of course, get vaccinated, those of us who are eligible to be vaccinated. And as you said, we should monitor, the, the, the I guess, the, the size of the groups that we're with and, and those yep. we are with. Well, uh, this has been such a helpful conversation. Dr. Collier, I'd like for you to share as we bring it to a close. I know we have this employee incentive uh, that the board approved the other night where we are uh, encouraging our employees to be vaccinated. Our last survey that we did, about 83% of those who responded, they were employees, said they were vaccinated. Uh, very few said that they would not get vaccinated. 
the incentive that the board approved provides $500 for those who are vaccinated, fully vaccinated by September 30th and uh, full time and $250 for those who are fully vaccinated if they're part time by September 30th. But you may have some employees who are vaccinated at our events who are not considered fully vaccinated by September 30th because they've got to get the second shot. We're willing to include them, of course, mm -hmm. if they get vaccinated through our uh, our process in that incentive. You have any thoughts about uh, the incentive program? And uh, you, of course, the intention is just to encourage people to get yeah. vaccinated. Yeah, and I think that that you know you said it there, Dr. Beasley. The intention is to encourage them to, if you haven't done it, to go out and do it. Uh, we'd like to see when we look at our final numbers that we already have a large percent of staff. That, that took that dive a long time ago, but this is just an encouragement to protect yourself, to protect the community, uh, to make our community safer. Uh, so uh, if the incentive is going to get you there, we want you there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're happy to, to give you your vaccine, whether it's for the incentive or not, or you just finally made that decision that you want to go ahead and do this to protect yourself. So that's what our push is, is just let's get it done. Very Whether good. it's for the incentive or not, we just want to get it done. Want to get it done. Clayton get a Cole, shot in an arm. Shot. Yeah. Get yeah. It done. <laughs> well, Dr. Reddy, I, and we just want to say first, as, as you hear, you're here, you represent our, our first responders. We just appreciate mm -hmm. your, your, your dedication, your, your compassion, your grace, everything that you are putting on the line for our community as we go through this pandemic together. Well, thank um, you, but right back at you. Thank you, mm -hmm. thank you. And we appreciate Dr. Collier has been like our Dr. Fauci <laughs> in the school system. She works with our county epidemiologist and she keeps us informed. She, you know, she, she, she'll push back. She helps me to think through, you know, um, uh, decisions. And we have, we push back on a few decisions, but uh, we, we push back when we have to, when mm -hmm. we feel like we have to push back. But at the end of the day, we want our students to be yes. safe. We want our employees to be safe. We want our community to be safe. And I do think that Clayton County is is one of the models as to how our community yes. should come together to Absolutely. respond and form the community. Yep. Now I want us to be a model in the vaccination rates. Mm -hmm. Please. I yeah. really want us to yeah. get vaccinated because... That's how we're. That's how we're going to have school with with minimal disruption. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you all, we you know, this is our fifth week of school. Normally, school is thirty six weeks. We got quite a few weeks to go. Yeah. I would love to. It. I would love to get through the school year with minimal disruption, mm -hmm. uh, and, and and most of all, we want to get through uh, the year. We want our kids to be safe, our students to be safe, our employees to be safe. We've heard in recent reports of uh, students passing away in, in other districts, employees passing away yep. in other districts. And I really hope we could avoid that here in Clayton County. So I'm just encouraging everyone to get vaccinated. Please take advantage of the event tomorrow on September 3rd. And by all means, after September 3rd, um, COVID testing is available at yes. our schools. Yes. The vaccine is available. Please, if you don't know the location, just call the school system, mm -hmm. whatever it takes. Just let us know. You can go to the uh, the health department on Battle Creek yep. here in Clayton yeah. County. There are many other locations that I can't, I don't have a list to, to, to announce, but it's available. Yes. It's Very available. So. And we want everyone to take advantage of the opportunities. Remember, it's not just about you, but it's about others. It's about our children. 
And it's one of those times where that collective responsibility yes. has to come into play. We yep. know we all have rights. We all have rights. And we're going to continue to have rights. But we want us to balance our rights and temper our rights with our responsibilities. So now is the time to be responsible. Let's continue to wear the mask. Let's get vaccinated. Let's do our part. Uh, and let's continue to have school for our kids. Yes. Our kids need to be in school face-to-face. Yes. Uh, there's, there's so much, so much that they learn uh, when they're in school. So many experiences, positive experiences that they have when they're in school. And honestly, I want our students to be well socially-emotionally. Uh, and this situation is very, very daunting, to say the least, and having such an impact on our children. But we believe that the schoolhouse is a place for them to be children all over again. So, Dr. Reddy, any any closing comments? And then we'll pitch it over to Dr. Collier. Uh, well, thank you again for having me. Um, I have enjoyed and continue to be grateful for the partnership that we have. I think it speaks, like you said, so highly of our community and our county. And, and um, I think that that will play into the future as well. Please, please, please get vaccinated. Please use the resources that we are providing you to, to take the opportunity for yourself as well as your children. And to be able to know that we can protect this generation of children the best we can is is the goal and, and the end game. So uh, thank you for having me and, and I, continue, I look forward to all of our work. Thank you, Dr. Reddy. Dr. Collier. I would say that school is in, so let's do this for our children. Let's keep them in school. Let's have a healthy community by getting out and getting that vaccine and having a great school year. Well said, Dr. Collier. Thank you both, Dr. Reddy and Dr. Collier, for your time today, for your passion, your expertise, your concern and commitment to our community here in Clayton County. Thank you all for listening. I want to encourage all of you to join us. Join the conversation. You may submit your questions, your comments, your opinions to podcast at clayton.k12.ga.us. Tune in for future episodes with Be Inspired with Beasley. Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on the district's website, www.clayton.k12.ga. US. Again, I'm Dr. Morcise J. Beasley, here to keep our community engaged, informed, and inspired. Thank you for listening. Get vaccinated. Take care. Remain safe.